I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. at stake they'll be the world's last hope and the game is on gentlemen hello and welcome to another smash side special this week we'll be saying hello to the 20th century with one of the worst films of the 21st there'll be adventure epic dialogue and heart-hitting action and that was just the people leaving the screening and he was on a plane <laughs> anyway, yes, it's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and joining me to put together the worst group of people since the Broadmoor Battle of the Bands contest is Ed Byrne. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Well, you made me watch a terrible film. Yeah, sorry about that. It wasn't even good enough. It wasn't even bad enough to be fun. <laughs> no. It was just not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can watch a terrible film and it's it's it's... It's a laugh how bad it is. This is just a bit rubbish. I think you enjoy it more when you remember that Sean Connery is hating every second of being in this. Yeah, I th- well, that's the thing that kind of got me about it, though. Yeah. I know Sean Connery was not a perfect man, but he no. was a very good actor. Mm. And you're watching it and you know, because it was famously the film that retired him. Yeah. Uh, he hated it so badly. Mm. He hated it so much. He just went, that's it. I'm done. I am never making another film. Mm. And that's quite something. That's quite a feather to have in your cap, I think, yeah. as a director. The man who made Sean Connery hate acting. Yeah. And even knowing that he's just going through it for contractual reasons, that he can't just walk off, he still is quite good at it. Like yeah. you kinda it's kinda sad because like the very first scene, maybe the very first scene he's in maybe he's still maybe his heart's still in it at that point maybe mm-hmm. this is obviously before him and the director really fell out yeah. and you can just kind of see there's absolutely life in the old dog at this point there's no reason why he couldn't have gone on to make a bunch more mm. 
average and below average films. <laughs> yeah, he could have he could have done that easily because he had that sort of like um, sort of a, what's it called like a life preserver of natural charm that floated him through things. But in this, I mm. think even that isn't enough, and he just looks so miserable. He looks like a dog that needs mm. to be put down in a lot of this. It's quite sad. And it- there's a there's a scene in particular. I, I don't know if you want to go through everything chronologically, but yeah. just while we're on the subject, mm. where there's supposed to be like a touching moment between him and Tom Sawyer, who's a oh, gunslinger now, <laughs> and uh, he's teaching him to shoot. And he and Tom Sawyer goes, "Did you teach your son yeah. to do this?" And then Sean Connery just disappears. Yeah, and it's just a door just closes, mm-hmm. and you just go. He just wasn't even there for no, this scene. No, definitely. Or they decided to reshoot it. They decided to need an emotional moment, whatever it is. And by then, his contract had expired, and he didn't have to show up. It was so obviously a scene that was just assembled around the fact that Sean Connery was not available. That's right. And it was just like, why did they even bother? Mm. It was like the it was like the scene that they put in with Oliver Reed after he died oh. in Gladiator. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they digitized his face, and he just says something like. Rrr. Yeah, he just hands him a key, basically, yeah. yeah. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> Avenge me. <laughs> uh, but before we begin, though, we should mention you're doing a little uh, sort of run-up to Edinburgh at the moment, aren't you? In, is it in Soho Theatre? Yeah, I'm at Soho Theatre just mm. at the moment, uh, and then we'll be... I've got a couple more previews then around dotted around London. Mm. And then, yeah, I'm off up to, to the Fringe. I start on the 3rd. Th- of August through to the 26th maybe 27th something like that how many fringes is that now oh god that's a that's a very simple question I should be able to just answer straight (laughs) off the top of my head isn't it I don't know I think this might be for a one man show it might be you know what if you wait just a second I can give you a full answer hang on oh okay so this is the kind of detail you don't get on other podcasts to make someone actually get up and go and get proof. You don't get that anywhere else. <clears throat> Strangely enough, I just have it on a piece of paper here. Uh-huh. Uh, for one-man shows, yeah. I've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 11, 12, 13. This is 14. This is my 14th oh. one-man show oh. at the, the Fringe. It's not a mileage. That is a lot of mileage, oh. yeah. Yeah, and, you, and I take it you still enjoy it? I do, yeah, and I am looking forward to it. Um, mm. I'm looking forward. It's actually, it's a kind of, like, I live out, I live in the in the, in the Essex countryside, and mm. which is nice, but you have to drive everywhere yeah. or get on your bike. It's, it's kind of like going on a city break, getting to live in a city for three and a half weeks. It's kind of fun, and I'll be living with... Uh, Glenn Wool, who is mm-hmm. like one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and I'm just doing an hour every night rather than you know on tour you're usually doing like an hour and a half, and you have to get out of bed and check out and go to a different hotel the next day. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it's you're in the same place, <clears throat> and it's you know it's, it's I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, well that's good. So uh, yeah, it's not it's not the kind of it's not the kind of Edinburgh <laughs> readiness you expect from me. People are, no. people tend to be quite miserable about Edinburgh. <laughs> they do. People tend to, yeah. That was why I no, asked, because most of the time I get, oh, for fuck's sake, another... Mm. Yeah. I was talking to a comic... I, I don't want to name her, because she might... I, I, it's not a big thing, but I, I just don't... 
not probably just not right to neighbor, but she'd had a great Edinburgh. Mm. She'd had a fantastic Fringe Festival, uh, like done two shows, both of which got nominated for awards, amazing reviews and all that. And I said, oh, you had a great Edinburgh, didn't you? And she goes, yeah, but I just don't really enjoy the Fringe. And I'm like, well, <laughs> don't ever go again. Just don't. Because <laughs> if you didn't enjoy that Fringe, yeah. the next one is never going to be as good as that one. So you are going to be, just don't, don't go. <laughs> Like I've I've had maybe two fringes where I've really not enjoyed it, hmm. uh, and that's because you know for whatever reason the show I was doing wasn't great or you know, um, but when it's good it's great. Oh, brilliant! Well, look for the internet for dates and places you can go and see Ed. I would Edburn dot com. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's on the internet, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. But I'm not going to spell burn for you. I think that's going to be the initiative test. Exactly. If yeah. you can't pass that, mm. if you're going, where is Ed Brine? The penitent man will pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but talking of the penitent I get man, that reference. I get that yeah, reference. See? Yeah. I made one yeah. person laugh. That's good. That's The Last Crusade. There you go. Are you excited about Which the movie? Which stars Sean Connery. Yeah. Which, I, I, I would, but Crystal Skull. I didn't even get through Crystal Skull. Yeah. I literally watched it for about halfway and I was like, no. Here's an inter- I know we're wandering off the. No, Here's an interesting observation about the Indiana Jones movies, and it was made by a guy called Paul F. Tompkins, you know, mm, the mm-hmm. comedian, you know, yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter. Mm-hmm. He remarked on this on Twitter, and I don't know why more people haven't picked up on it, mm. is that at the end of every one of the first three uh, Indiana Jones films, mm. Indiana Jones is shown irrefutable proof of the existence of God. <laughs> I mean, he literally sees the power of the, in inverted commas, the Christian God in the first one, yeah. and then in whatever, Kalima, Shakti, what, what mm-hmm. God is that supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You know, he sees evidence of it. Mm. And then again, the Christian God in the third one. How is he still just an archaeologist and lecturer? How has he not become a monk? Yeah. How is he not a mad, swivel-eyed preacher? Mm. I have seen it. It is real. Repent. Surely. Yeah, he would. Or he'd be trying to recreate it to kind of get some more money or something. Just say, come on, God, sort me out. It would be a literally life-changing thing, and it's happened to him three times, and he just goes, "Uh, uh, I met God. He saved my life. Anyway, time to look for some more artefacts while I lecture students who don't give a shit. He met an alien as well. In the yes, in the fourth one, one, apparently he did meet an alien, but I did mention I didn't get through that one. He also met John Rhys Davis. That must have been a life changing experience, based on his Question Time appearance. Yes. (laughs) Um, So eighteen ninety nine, then. Yeah, we're on the the brink of the twentieth century, and it says the great nations of Europe share an uneasy peace. For hundreds of years, wars have been fought with the same weapons. I don't know if that's true. Okay. I'm not yeah, sure how historically accurate that is, but fair <laughs> enough. I think the point is that, yeah. you know, there's a there's a change coming. Fair yeah. enough. And a terrorist group led by the mysterious Phantom mm. uh, break into the Bank of England and steal Leonardo da Vinci's blueprints of Venice, where they'd be kept, obviously, mm-hmm. in the Bank of England. That um, would be the good place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Safest place. A policeman does that classic Austin Powers thing where he's standing in front of a tank going, Stah! and then gets run over. I think that was a whole, uh, almost like a parody of um, mm. what how Americans view the British police, just yeah. running around waving sticks whilst being completely outgunned uh, by mm. the bad guys. Yeah, his little Bobby helmet got squished. Mm-hmm. 
Not this no. wasn't the. I mean, it, it starts reasonably all right. Yeah, the special effects aren't great. There, you know, but it is. It's from how many years ago? This twenty one? years ago. Yeah, so you know, mm. it was all right. It started yeah. okay. A tank comes out and breaks into the Bank of England, and then some zeppelins in Germany get blown up. Yeah, yeah. But so the British Empire send a guy called Sanderson Reed to go and recruit Alan Quatermain from Kenya. Mm. Alan Quatermain and a bunch of other uh, yeah. out of copyright characters. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think that is it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's the league of out of copyright gentlemen. It is, yeah. It's Alan Moore going. I'm going to make a great, great load of characters out of people who are out of copyright. Yeah, because now you could have Winnie the Pooh in there. That'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> but you'll never be able to have Peter Pan. No, they've they've just changed the rules for that one. Mm, that's right. It's a shame because he'd be better than Tom Sawyer, <laughs> which we'll get to. But my God, yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he he first meets David Hemmings, who's basically acting as uh, a cover for Quartermain and pretending a, to be here. Yeah, surrogate Quartermain, yeah, yeah. To, for, for people who want to come and have tales told. Now, because mm. Alan Quartermain was in... Because they did do a film with... Uh, Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain. Yeah. The King Solomon's Mines. Yes. And it was... It it looked like a real rip-off of, of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Whip in hand and everything. Mm-hmm. But then you go, well, the, but the character of Alan Quartermain predates Indiana Jones. Yes. So you could argue that Indiana Jones is a rip-off of Alan Quartermain. Yes. But it doesn't, it, it clearly, the, cinematically, it borrowed quite a lot from Indiana Jones, I would have thought. Oh, yeah, even the theme and everything, yeah. Mm. But it's interesting then it kind of, come, that it would come sort of full circle that you then get the guy who played Indiana Jones' dad to <laughs> then play Alan Quartermain. I don't know if that... Wait, had he played Indiana Jones? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. this was his last film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a that was a nice idea. Yeah. I don't know how deliberate that was. And apparently Connery did this because he'd obviously famously turned down The Matrix and he turned down the part of Gandalf. So he thought, oh, a franchise, I'll do it because this is going to be very successful. Ah. Yeah, damn it. Did he turn down the Matrix? What was it? Was that the Lawrence Fishburne role? I think it was the Lawrence was Fishburne Morpheus? role. Yeah, 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 I think so. Can't be anything else, can it? Yeah, no. he'd have been terrible as that. Was this around the same time that Will Smith was turning down the Keanu Reeves role? Then? I believe so. You could have been Keanu. It could have been Will Smith and Sean Connery. Yeah, no, honestly, I think that might have been originally the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So he gets told there's going to be a world war, and to prove it, loads of guys in armor turn up with machine guns. Mm. And they kill David Hemmings immediately. Mm. Seems a bit Lucky escape for David Hemmings, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a gun battle, which is, you know, isn't bad. Mm. But you don't realise at this point, it's then revealed later, that Alan Quartermain can't die. Yes, right. On African soil. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of, I don't know, it slightly retrospectively removes any jeopardy from that gunfight, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You kind of wonder why he was so worried. <laughs> yeah, why he was diving all over. He could have just walked up to someone and just let them shoot him in the face. Yeah. And then ripped out their arsehole <laughs> and eaten it. Yeah. I guess he was just thinking of everybody else who was in that place. Yeah. Um, trying to protect them, well, He was I also avenging his dear friend Nigel, David Hemmings, who was a walking fire hazard with those eyebrows and those whiskers. Mm. Here's the other thing, though. Hmm. Sorry, I'm going back again. Because hmm. yeah, he's sitting there behind David Hemmings, who, as yeah. I say, he's, he's going to regale people with tales of, of Alan Quartermain. Hmm. And that's why he's got people like that, stooges, hmm. lookalikes, whatever, because he can't be arsed. Hmm. But he's sitting right behind him. Yeah. Trying to read it. So he's still, 
micro. He's still having to. Yeah, yeah, he's still having to listen to it. Make That'd sh- be worse. Make sure you're like, like giant a- cock, Nigel. Yeah, it's like don't, don't tell him. Don't tell him till later that I can't die. It ruins the jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> you led with me not dying, Nigel. You've ruined it. <laughs> so what is the point? I mean, if you're going to be sitting there the whole time anyway, you may as well tell the fucking story. Oh, it's so stupid. And this is the period as well, which is quite funny when you think back on it, where Alan Moore had everything adapted. And he, hate, again, like Sean Connery, hated every second. Hated all of it. Yeah. And I think this I didn't this one, because I, I did read The Watchmen. Yeah. But I didn't read... League of Extraordinary Gentlemen no. and I imagine as a comic book as a graphic novel um, it probably works mm. it's a bit of gas as a comic book a lot of stuff works as comic books and then and then just doesn't work cinematically you know and yeah. I'm sure this as a, as a as something to just read it, it's it's fine you're not going to analyse it in the same way because it, you're not going to have spent the same amount of money on it mm. you don't look at it and think my god the budget on this comic book <laughs> In the way that you will watch this going, this is fucking ridiculous. Mm. You can just, you just don't, you won't, you don't analyse the notion of Tom Sawyer being a gunslinger or Captain Nemo being a kick-ass martial artist. You just no. don't think about it. No, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult because the whole comic book's kind of, I think its whole thing was it being kind of steampunky and Victoriana and all that. Yeah. I think that's quite difficult to do with film especially with it's so cg heavy when again it's that thing with cgs like i'm not quite ready stop using me so much yeah 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 it's this. always i mean even with the whole thing with cgi i always hate that when people like george lucas are going no it's amazing what we can do mm. i was like dude it's not it's not yet no <laughs> not, we can now i can take anything i can now realize no you can't stop no. it stop it like, i think people sometimes don't think how it's going to look in a couple of years and it always yeah. looks bad uh, so he he kills everybody, and then as he's leaving uh, with the guy from the from the government, the the big clubhouse blows up, and he's like, "All right, I'm in." Mm. And then wistfully looks at a grave that says Quartermain, but we don't know about that yet. Yeah. So then he's brought to meet M, um, played by Richard Roxburgh, and then we meet Captain Nemo, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like the way he isn't Captain Birdseye like he usually is in films. Oh yes, they 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 yes they've they've cast him. Was Captain Nemo Indian? I in don't any know. Other but iteration? I so. I've no idea because usually it's like James Mason with a white beard type man, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Every other version I've seen of him. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I should have done a bit more literary literary research Same. before commenting. Who can be? But who can uh, ask well, I know. Well, we, we I think we should be approaching this like a blockbuster because that's mm. what it was supposed to be, and we should be looking at it in the way the audience would look at it, going, mm. "Is Captain Nemo Indian now?" Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It makes sense. Yeah, I think Captain Nemo was just given a bit too much. So he's 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 basically he's face from the A team. Mm. Yes. In that you know he supplies everything, mm-hmm. uh, whilst at the same time also being BA from the A team. Yes. In that he's the best fighter. And it just seems a little bit too much to put on one man's shoulders, yeah. who you basically just didn't give any dialogue to. Yeah, and also you've got the other members of the team who don't really do much. Yeah, who are really just fleshing it out. Yeah. Um, and also, it, it's also this thing of, right, so the whole thing is that it's about an arms race, is that the Phantom is inventing these armaments mm. that the world doesn't have mm. in order to make the world buy armaments from him. Yeah. 
But then Captain Nemo has got shit that's yeah. light years ahead of what the Phantom has. <laughs> You're like, why doesn't Captain Nemo just make more shit and sell that at a knockdown price? It's you know? a very good point I hadn't thought about. But yeah. Like Captain Nemo's got a fucking submarine and a car. And he doesn't even have like a vintage car. He has like a fucking Aww. 60s Cadillac. Yeah. And a, and, and a, a submarine that is solar powered. Mm. And, you know, a solar power that that charges up in, in an instant, just has to surface and it's, and it's powered up. So he has better solar power than we have now. <laughs> he had then. So how is somebody inventing the fucking tank? How has he won the arms race? He wears a mask. <laughs> it's all about branding. Yeah, he's mysterious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he should be called e- Elon Phantom. That doesn't work. Because um, yeah, because yeah, because uh, Nemo's got like little underwater submersibles as well, with like like, like jellyfish. He's got everything. Yeah, a little bit. Really and cool. so, but but but, oh, but I've invented the tank and yeah. armored plating, yeah. which is essentially just a bit of metal on, that I'm wearing. Um, yeah. yeah. So the Phantom apparently is is going to start a world war by bombing a secret meeting of world leaders in Venice, and then. Hey, we meet the comic relief of the film, Rodney Skinner, who's a nude man, but invisible. <clears throat> yeah. I fucking hate him so much. Now, what else is this guy in? Oh, he's been in all sorts. I think he's a Scottish actor. I think he was in Blade 2. Okay. Because he's only... They, they Again, they kind of gave up halfway through mm. with the whole special effect on him. Yeah. Because sometimes he has a little bit of makeup on, mm. just enough that you can see him. Yeah. And he, that's obviously had to be CGI'd. And then other times he just go, let's just say that he put makeup all over himself. Yes. And, every and part he's of just his head. white. Every part of his head. Even though there was no need for him to do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's really gone all in and, and made sure to absolutely cover every inch of his head. With makeup, I, I, it's not. The, I don't mind the actor. The actor's fine. It's just the part. It's so shit. He he's so annoyingly cheeky and cockney. Mm. I hate it. I and ass grabby. And ass grabby. Yeah, he's a total fucking sex pest. Yeah. All invisible men are. Have you noticed? Every invisible man <laughs> film's got a bit where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go and grab a pair of tits." <laughs> I don't know if that's what he invented it for. I think it's supposed to I- imply. You know, what would you do yeah. if you had this power? And you've got to at least accept the fact that there are going to be this. It's a 12 certificate. Yeah. And there are going to be 12 and 13 year old boy watching this. And the first thing you're going to be thinking is, why didn't you go and grab some boobs? <laughs> true. <laughs> They'll see it as a plot hole if you don't include That's it. very true. Yeah, you're right. Uh, plus, if I was doing an Invisible Man in a film, I know it's been done to death, but you've got to go with the bandages and goggles. It's a classic look. Mm. It's shorthand for Invisible Man. I also think with the Invisible Man in this film that because now because CGI is so good, it mm. just wouldn't matter. At the time, there was a whole there was just scene after scene of oh, look, mm. isn't it amazing? Mm. The, the the bomb seems to be floating. Mm. The knife is moving in midair. <laughs> How are they doing this? <laughs> it seems to be it, it's all about that. Whereas now it just looks like bad CGI. Yeah. Yeah, which it always will. Uh, but then um, Mina Harker arrives, and, sh- and Alan Quartermain is livid that she's a woman. <laughs> livid. <laughs> I was expecting your husband. Yeah. What you and I think that's. Be? 
I think that was Sean Connery yeah. just letting himself go. <laughs> that was yeah. this is really gonna. I don't. I really don't need to act at all here. No. no, no. <laughs> In fact, none of that was written down. He just said it. Mm. Oh. Um, now, what's her name? What that actress? Oh, uh, I did write that down. Hang on. Uh, I say I did write it down. Uh, Petter Wilson. Yeah, I like her. I have again. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but I I, I liked her in this, and I thought, why haven't I seen her in more things? And then. Every time I see a, a woman, particularly a good-looking woman in something, and I like her in something, and I go, why haven't I seen her in more things? I just go, oh, she had a horrible time, didn't she? Mm. Your time is like, I don't want to look into it, because it is. It's like anybody you look at from 20 years ago, and then they just sort of quietly disappear. Yeah. It's because they didn't play ball with some creepy producer. Yeah, most probably. I did read that, because Connery got like several, how much did he get paid for this? I think it was like 17 million or something. So it meant that everybody they had to hire to round out the cast had to be quite cheap. Yeah, I agree. That didn't even occur to me because it did seem like it also seemed like this was a great opportunity for a lot of people. It seemed like this was supposed to be a star making, you know, vehicle. Hmm. You know, you get Hmm. to play this iconic character of Tom Sawyer. As a gunslinger, I'm sorry that I keep coming back. Well, we're to that. really building up. I think it's worth it. It's worth it. Hmm. Um, and and yet nobody sort of went on to anything much of note no. after this film. It didn't catapult anybody nope. into stardom. The guy who plays Tom Sawyer, yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think he won like best breakthrough performance for this film at like the MTV Movie Awards or something. But he then went on to be in ER. Where they totally... Did you watch ER? Not much, no. I mean, ER obviously was the show that made a star of George Clooney. But when you look back at early ER, like, they decided this guy is going to be a star. George Clooney is going to... Because, like, George Clooney's character, you know, obviously they they couldn't write him as anything other than handsome. But a womanizer and a drinker, but a paediatrician who cares so much about the children. Mm. So much. And, you know, gets into a fight with somebody because they're beating a kid very early on. It's like he just, this is a character you fall in love with. Sure. And then, you know, obviously he left. And then they, they, they obviously decided they needed the next George Clooney. Mm. And so this dude, what's his name? <laughs> oh, I couldn't even tell you now. This, so this down. dude, to, I'm going to call him Tom Sawyer. Yeah, Tom Sawyer. They, so Tom Sawyer, they bring, they bring him West. in. Shane West. They bring in Shane West as this rock and roll doctor who shows up hungover because he's been partying all night. But he's also an amazing doctor. Obviously, he's an amazing doctor, but he's constantly rubbing his eyes because he's tired. Mm. And he gets a great moment, like two episodes in, where he's at a party because he's young. Mm. He's basically Dougie Hauser, right? Mm. But old enough to fuck. Right. And he's, 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 he's at a party and a balcony collapses and he saves everybody oh, wow. and then later in another episode he's in a band and he's on stage rocking out and mm. at one point he even arrives to the hospital on a skateboard oh, hanging my. onto the back of an ambulance oh my god they fucking threw everything <laughs> at his character to make him a star yeah. and what else has he been in nothing nothing, <laughs> nothing at all no I had it in my mind that he was like somebody I'd recognised from something else and I looked at his IMDb and I was like, nope, no, not seen him in a thing. No. Even the, just, even the director called it quits after this. Well, good. I yeah. mean, the director retired Sean Connery, so he yeah. deserves to slink off back into obscurity. But he'd done Predator 2. He'd done Nightmare on Elm Street 5. <laughs> he, okay. he, was, he was top Predator, of his game. Predator 2 was okay. Hmm. 
<laughs> not even getting a mm, okay. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I, I quite like bits of it, but it's not amazing. No, no, it's not. It's got some nice bits in it. The subway bit's good. You yeah, don't even remember, yeah. It, do you? No, I do remember the subway oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah when he because he holds her up and then she's pregnant, so that's why he doesn't kill her. There you go. See, yeah. Stephen Norrington done that. Yeah. No, I do. I do. I do remember it. I think the thing with a lot of franchise movies, they don't hire amazing directors. They hire directors they can boss around. Yeah. Like that's the that's the classic thing. And then if things go wrong, they're not good enough to 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 try and hold things together. But they tend to with with with, with franchise movies, it tends to be very producer led. Yeah. And so they deliberately hire directors who who has you know who aren't who don't have a great vision, mm. so that they can sort of you know push them around well yeah because Predator 2 would be Joel Silver so that's exactly mm. who you're talking about uh, very bossy shouty man <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway so yeah so uh, Captain Nemo has an automobile as you say <laughs> which is basically a fucking hot rod yeah and he tells and as so they get in the car together Quarterman tells Minahaka that women are distraction on missions I mean he's, he's got a point yeah yeah so they go to the Docklands to recruit Dorian Gray why? Why would you want Dorian Gray? Have I missed something? Is he good at anything? Well, apparently he's he's immortal. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it. It's not just that he doesn't age. Hmm. I mean, it was it was an aspect of his character that we hadn't considered. <laughs> is that he can also be riddled with bullets, <sighs> and they'll go into the painting and and not him. But even you know, like he can be riddled with bullets. And somebody can rip off his shirt oh, to show yeah. the bullet holes, mm. and yet in the very next scene, his shirt and waistcoat are 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 fixed again. Yeah, I. It's such a bad character, and also um, Stuart Townsend, I think, another one who hasn't mm-hmm. gone on to do anything. He was originally, um, oh, what's his name? I've forgotten his name now. In Lord of the Rings, the man with the sword. I know that doesn't. Oh, that's quite a lot of them. Legolas. No. Legolas is the one with the with the oh, bow and arrow. Yeah. That was um... Viggo Mortensen, essentially. Him. Okay, him. He Aragorn. A- Aragorn. There you go. He was originally Aragorn, but he got fired because they just thought he was too bad. Oh. So they got Mortensen it's... last minute. I mean, I feel like I need to defend Stuart Townsend just because he's Irish. Okay, and, go on. And was no, that's it. I, oh, okay. I just feel like I need to defend him. And he was married to Charlize Theron for quite some time. Oh yes, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. And Every I morning think... he woke up and was just like, I can't believe my luck. Yeah, I said, you know what? I don't think I think I, I think I can just retire. Yeah, I'm still getting film roles, and I'm married to Charlize Theron. What's happening? I'm rubbish. <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair, in his defence, I will because you know my family's partly Irish, so I will loop to his defence partly. Uh, it's not his fault. It's a terrible, terrible role, and he's clearly been told to play it like a really posh dickhead all the way through, and it's very annoying. Yeah. Just sort of ham it up and just be a bit oily and oh. and and suave. And he is very handsome. Mm. He's a very handsome man, and I think it's just basically the, the, it's it, playing Dorian Gray in this is your job is just to be handsome. But the other, okay, and I, I'm slightly jumping ahead, but mm. looking at the the Dorian Gray character because towards the end, him and him and Harker have a fight, mm-hmm. and he's amazing at fighting, mm. as is everyone in the film. As Everyone's everyone. amazing yeah. at fighting. Mm-hmm. But if you were immortal. If bullets bounced off you because you had a painting, huh. why would you bother your arse learning kung fu? Exactly. You're yeah. just you're you're immortal. You mm. don't need to learn how to fight. It's not even like the immortals in Highlander who have to fight each other. That's mm. but this is you're immortal. Just have a you, fucking you, hammer. That's all you need. 
you don't even need that I would have thought just make sure you don't get trapped in a box somewhere yeah if I was immortal I would learn nothing mm. <laughs> other than recipes yeah for unhealthy food that I could gorge on you'd basically be forever retired wouldn't you just have a lot yeah. of time yeah mm. the wicker basket making One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Mina's former lover, apparently, is Dorian Gray. Uh, so Quartermain, apparently, he tells everybody he was saved by a witch doctor. And, the, mm. and he says, uh, well, they say to him, so Gray, what are you doing here? What do you offer us? And I'm thinking, good question. And he says, experience. Mm. And then he goes, me and Alan knew each other at university. And they were like, oh, so Alan taught you? And I was like, no, no, uh, he taught me. Oh, uh, you see? Oh, he's been around a while, eh? When I first met him, I was a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. <clears throat> so then, as they're chatting... And they're all amazed. Even the vampire is amazed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah. You you know that he's immortal, and you're immortal as well. Why are you? Why do you look so surprised? That's right, yeah. <laughs> you should be like, okay, that figures, yeah. But they're in a room that seems like it's principally designed so people can come up to the upstairs bit and shoot down at them, mm-hmm. which is what happens with Phantom and his lads turn up. Yeah. And then... The man of the movie, the hero that saves the day, Tom Sawyer, arrives with his dueling pistols, mm-hmm. shooting up. Now, he wasn't in the original comic. Oh, that, well, that annoys me even more then. Yeah, so they brought we, him into this isn't, even, this isn't even Alan Moore's fault. No. Apparently, in the original comic, it was Fu Manchu. Okay, fair enough then. <laughs> <laughs> but I've drawn up a list of who they could have had instead of Tom Sawyer. So, um, King Dong. <laughs> Arnold from Different Strokes. Was he? Would he have been out of copyright uh, by then? Yeah, it'd be five. Five. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rod Hull. Mm. I think he'd be good with his emu. Um, and a guy called Arthur Werewolf, because he's half man, half werewolf. 
<laughs> oh, Eric the half a B. There you go. Yeah, that'll be out of copyright by then. Um, John Cleese wouldn't mind. He's not litigious or anything, is he? Yeah. He'll be fine. Um, yeah, so we get Tom Sawyer and he shoots up the place and he's really good at gunfighting and he's got a big cowboy hat type thing going on. Mm. Well, really, what Tom Sawyer is like was supposed to have been good at was like convincing somebody else to go and and shoot the guns on his behalf. Like yeah. that's supposed to be his skill, isn't it? Yeah, and tricking apple- people into doing other things for him. An apple theft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not as far as I know. Because I used to, when I was a kid, I used to watch. Was it the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn? Huckleberry Tom Finn. Sawyer? Yeah. I don't remember him having jewelry pistols and shooting people. No. No, that wasn't a thing. I mean, it could have been Billy the fucking kid. Yeah. It could have been an actual gunslinger, right? Oh, you've solved it. Yeah, it could have been Billy the kid. That's a much better idea. I, I guess, was he was he a real person, maybe? Was that, was that the issue with that? Maybe. Maybe they, they had to be... Oh, I don't know. Robin Hood. Could it be Robin Hood? <laughs> For the Americans. Yeah, American Robin Hood. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> we ride with my father to Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically Phantom and his assassins turn up but they're really shit and they all get killed immediately and the Phantom runs off and the, I've written here the Phantom looks like somebody who might have won Bullseye at one point <laughs> he's got long scraggly mullet and weird eyes um, so Grey and Sawyer join the league and they meet the Nautilus which is the submarine you mentioned earlier which is the size of the Titanic at least mm-hmm. and turns out to be solar powered yes um, quite quite the technology. So then they go to Paris to recruit Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the effects for Mr. Hyde stand up a little bit. They're not bad. Yeah. I think for the time, I think they were probably, they were the star of the show mm. uh, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, Jason Fleming, st- he he would have done Snatch and, and Lockstock would have happened at this point, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's probably his first big movie. And this and is like, here's my, this is me now getting catapulted into the big time. Fuck yeah. you, Vinnie Jones. Yeah. It's my day. Uh, and he probably, and he spends the next 20 years just playing parts like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for him though. Uh, I noticed when he's hired, he looks like Lawrence Fox. I don't know if that's anything. <laughs> um, um, but he says, um, he's running around the rooftops and then they're luring him into a trap. And they eventually yeah. get him into a net and he gets brought onto the Nautilus. And then we see his potion wear off because he agrees to help them. But when his potion wears off, I think it looks really cool. It's, it's like kind of like um, Victorian like sample jars full of deformed babies and things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like or elephant man type things. He's just gradually. Uh, you mean as he's as he's going as he's, as trans- he's changing, changing back. back? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It like is, it, it's a fairly yeah. It's a fairly horrific effect as he's changing back. Yeah. And then as they're talking to him, Sean Connery gets goosed, I think, by the Invisible Man. And then he throws mm. him out of the room and says, Skinner, I want you dressed all the time or I'll put my boot up your arse. Yeah, that seemed a very just pointless extra scene thrown in there. It's probably a bit of comedy. I, I, feel like when you, I feel like if you've only got Sean Connery for so many hours a day mm. and he's clearly not playing ball, maybe... Maybe save him for the scene where you want the emotional moment between him and Tom Sawyer talking about his dead kid rather than a not funny scene where he gets fucking goosed by the invisible man. Do you think they had to CG the some scenes where Sean's still in his golf stuff and they have to CG his costume back onto <laughs> Turn that club into a rifle. Um, so, yeah, so he, uh, then we get the scene you're talking about where him and Tom go out onto the deck of a boat and he tells him that on his last job, 
The reason he stepped away from the Empire is that on his last job he took his son and he died in his arms. Mm. I mean, maybe just it, just bear in mind that it wasn't bring your kid to work day. Exactly, yeah. In in the British government. I mean, I think he knew that the job he was off to do was a bit dangerous. Mm. And you know, the reason he was being asked to do it is because he can't die and he chose to bring his perfectly mortal son along with him. I, I really... I really think it's very unfair of him to blame the British government. I think it's a bit unfair. In the same way, it's unfair of Sean Connery to step away from all filmmaking just because one director was a dick. You yeah, know? yeah. But we, I think this is an instant. I'm not really like a huge fan of flashbacks, but I think this scene probably needs one because we know literally nothing about his son. We don't know no. why he was there. What if he was nine? If he was thirty? We have no idea. Could have been a fetus. Mm. <laughs> he could have died of a heart attack. We have no oh. idea. And where was the boy's mother through all of this? That's right. Getting in the way. Can't put it out of distraction. <laughs> um, she could have been... He could have been in a little pushchair. Got hit by a, like a Victorian cart. We don't know. But as you say, when Tom's like... Very insensitively as well, by the way, I might add. He, teach, he teaches Tom how to shoot from a long range. Mm-hmm. And then Tom's like, oh, did you used to teach your son this? It's like, don't bring that up. He's sad. <laughs> just, just, why would you bring that up? Yeah, yeah. It was it, I, even it would have been nice to just have a little. Oh God, why am I always saying things like that to people? Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. I was I, at that time. I offered Christopher Reeve a foot race. Mm. Oh. Oh. Tell you what, Fu Manchu wouldn't have said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have laughed at your dead son. <laughs> um, yeah, and as you say, he disappears completely, and then we get the shot of a door shutting. Yeah. Um, uh, um, so then Dorian explains to Mina. Uh, about the how the portrait ages instead of him, then they mm-hmm. snork, and then he offers her a glass, and the glass breaks, and you get a bit of her blood, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, how clumsy of me." Uh, yeah. So then they go to Venice in Nemo submarine, and they realise that there's they they find some like camera. Well, they they don't know what it is at first, like some powder, and then Je- uh, Jekyll finds that one of his formulas is missing as well. Yes. So they blame this all on the Invisible Man. Because they think he's, and I guess that's why they set up the Invisible Man as a prankster mm. with that with that scene with Sean Connery. But again, you could have set him up as, as a prankster with somebody else who was a bit more willing to to be in the film. <laughs> who would have been better in that part, by the way? If you want to set it up as a prankster immediately instead of the Invisible Man, Mister Blobby. <laughs> yeah, been amazing. <laughs> he just run, bomb, they should have given run. them. They should have given him a catchphrase like "Invisi Visi Wizzy." Yeah, more memorable. <laughs> I also read that because um, they're not—they weren't allowed to use the phrase "the Invisible Man" because it's under it's owned oh, by Universal, nice. so okay, they had to say yeah. a, call it "an Invisible Man," which just feels a bit pedantic. Uh, I am Skinner, the man you cannot see, <laughs> or the Hollow Man, yeah. like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, you yeah. Can see his knob for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I've written down here a line Sean Connery thought he'd never actually have to say. When they're driving along in Venice and all the soldiers come out and Mina says, leave these men to me and turns into 30 bats. He says, the vampire lady has us covered. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just to let us know that. But they're shooting down at them. Hmm. Through, even the vampires. Like, how is, a, how is a load of bats supposed to shield you from gunfire? No, I don't know. And she's like, just, she seems to be hungry at the right times. Like she'll feast on someone in front of them all. And then feasts on another guy here. 
surely at one point when they're on that boat she would have been thinking i'm a bit thirsty can i eat one of your crew mr nemo <laughs> like one who's got a limp or something i don't know i mean maybe maybe it's a bit like being a wine taster maybe it's uh, not that she's that hungry maybe she, she she can just spit it out when she doesn't really feel like it that's a good idea yeah that's, i'll go with that um, so Sawyer drives Nemo's car like he's I, I, he's like he's fucking Nicky Nicky Louder or something. He's just like immediately knows how to drive it and is going high speeds all around Venice. Mm. I, see, this is going back to what I was saying about uh, a, you know, sort of a star making role. Mm. They, they, they've made, they've given him this guy this 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 new actor, and they said, oh, let's also make him able to do this. It just let's just throw everything at him and turn this guy into a star. Yeah. And it just didn't work. It didn't so work. Then, so then TV said, give us a go. <laughs> <laughs> and they went, oh, no, we haven't been able to do it either. No, we need someone to step in the shoes of George Clooney. It's not this guy, guys. They've decided that because the buildings are collapsing like dominoes, really, really horrible looking CG dominoes. They decide to, the best thing to do is blow up a building in front of it to cease the dominoes. <clears throat> yes. So Sawyer's got to race to that spot and fire a flare. Now, was this... Have we already had the the point where they're listening to a recording? No, we haven't. Sorry. No, we haven't got that. Carry, carry, carry on. Yeah. Because there's so many points at which bombs go off and blow up buildings oh, that I'm just confused as to which so one. Monotonous. But while Sawyer's doing this, he um, Quartermain notices the Phantom loading stuff onto a boat. So he jumps off and confronts him, and they have a little graveyard scuffle, and then we find out that the Phantom is M. Why? <laughs> And why, seeing as he wears a mask, does he also have makeup to make him look like his face is all burnt? I don't know. I don't know. Why doesn't he just just wear a mask or just do the makeup to make your face all burnt? I don't. Yeah. It's a real belt and braces move, particularly considering he gets one knocked off and he just takes the other off as well. Yeah. He's like, ah, it was me all along. And Quartermain's like, you. I'd be like, why? Why have you done this? You recruited us. Yes. I don't understand. You could have just had your plan and just carried it out. Yeah, why have you? Oh no, because he wanted he wanted to get them together so uh, he could then use their powers. Which he could have got. Like he could have taken a bit of Quartermain from the club. He could have got some Amina's blood from somewhere else. He doesn't need to do all this. He could have gotten them together without telling them what his overall plan yeah. was. I suppose couldn't he? Party could have been a party. Surprise! It's M's birthday. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who he is. It's his birthday. Have, have some tea, and then they're all drugged, and then take a bit of them. That's why. I didn't or know. again, he could have just kidnapped Captain Nemo and got him to give him all his secrets. Yeah, yeah. That's because, as I say, Nemo has the arms race mm. dead cold. He just he has the the good shit. Mm. All he needed really, if his if his if his idea was to you know to have the most advanced weaponry in the world. Nemo's all he could he could have just been the league of Captain Nemo. Yeah, and plus Nemo's a sailor. All you need to do is get him drunk and laid, and he'd have done what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we then find out that Dorian is also a traitor. Mm-hmm. Just can't trust him, can you? No, especially not when he was in Birds of a Feather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he murders Ishmael because he goes, "Call me Ishmael," and it's like he's looking at the camera and going, "And you can as well if you like." It's a, re- <laughs> it's a reference from another another book. That should have been the other extraordinary gentleman, Moby Dick, could have come up at the end and saved them. Yeah, they could have given Ishmael a couple more lines, like, yeah. "Oh, this is like my white whale." Yeah, exactly. That would be great. Oh, has anyone seen my dick? <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm, 
<laughs> I'm just going to enjoy this. That could have been that could have, that could have been an invisible man moment as well. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to enjoy this nice cup of Starbucks. <laughs> I think he was in Moby Dick. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So Dorian, um, this is when yeah they, they play the, the the record now. They're like, we found this record, sir. Mm. And they play it, and then they they do this cute little thing where they pretend like we're watching a silent film, even though they're talking. But yeah. really, they're just listening to the record. And it's M going, ha ha, there never was a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. All those paintings I had in my office picturing old League of Extraordinary Gentlemen I had commissioned just today because there were never it was never a thing. Ah. What is wrong with you? This is very elaborate. You've wasted <laughs> yeah. too much time. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then he says, ah, we've collected all of bits of you. And then you see little um, sort of early 2000s slow, slow fast zoom-ins of things happening. Mm-hmm. And, you see and, the, the, and the broken glass thing that Dorian Gray and, and Harker was just to get a bit of her blood so they the, could then make vampires. The powder, the powder, you're sitting there thinking, oh, what could that be? Some sort of magic. No, it was Dorian Gray taking a photo of Captain Nemo's setup. Mm. Could have done a drawing. <laughs> I mean, oh, fucking hell. Uh, but meanwhile, while this is all going on, Dr. Jekyll is look at this. There's a nice little thing they do where he looks in a mirror and he sees Hyde. I quite like that. Yeah. I'll give it points for that. But he's looking in the yeah. mirror and Hyde's going, ah, it hurts my ears. Ah. Yes, because mm. as well as the, as the recording telling them their plan and letting them know what they've done in that James Bond style of, mm. you must know my plan. Yeah. Uh, they say, and as well as while you listen to this, we've actually been playing a subsonic frequency that's that's a trigger for the bombs that are all over the building. Yeah. And then they cut to the bombs. Here's I know in a in a in a film of loads of stupid shit, it is ridiculous for me to focus on this. But the bombs are all ticking. Yeah. Now why are they ticking if they're being set off by a subsonic frequency? Yeah. They don't need timers. They don't need to tick. It's just like they've just gone, it's a bomb, so it has to tick. It's a bomb in a film. You don't, it doesn't need to tick. No. It doesn't need a timer. If it's ticking, it's only going to alert people to the presence of the bomb if they hear it ticking. If you're using a different kind of trigger to set it off, it doesn't need to tick. <laughs> and there are also giant suitcases with the clocks on top. Yeah, because... Someone would see that and be like, that's a bomb. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. it, 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 it would just be, they didn't want to have just a great big bowling ball candle type bomb. <laughs> uh, we also get my, my favourite line where um, M says, and to that end, I sent my wolf among you sheep. And Stuart Townsend looks at the screen and goes, growl. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off and die. Uh, so the, the, the submarine all blows up and Dorian Gray gets in an escape pod that's shaped like a jellyfish and escapes. Mm. Um, so then they have to go to Mongolia because they, they've received a message from Rodney Skinner, the invisible and invisible man, sorry, telling them <laughs> that he snuck aboard the jellyfish without them knowing. A, a legally distinct invisible man. Yes. <laughs> yes. The artist formerly known as an invisible man. Uh, he sent them like a telegram message saying that they were going to Mongolia and they, it's a big factory. Um, yep. When they get there, they're all dressed in snow gear. Mm-hmm. Obviously, thinking of the action figures that are going to be out, mm-hmm. and Quatermain takes a moment to sit with his rifle, and it's visited by a, t- a, re- a, t- a Af- an Indian tiger that's been made to look white by CG. I guess, yeah, yeah. It's a Siberian tiger, is Siberian it? Siberian tiger, and he he looks at it, and it looks at him, and we're supposed to think about you know two because he literally says a. Uh, 
a, a, a creature that's used to hunting is now retiring or something. Mm. It's supposed to be a poignant moment, but it just looks a bit shit. Yeah, and then mm. the tiger goes up, and then and then Harker and Nemo come out. We heard a noise, mm. really, because mm. nothing happened. It didn't make a noise. It didn't. Not not much, and not not enough to start that that what everything else you've seen in the film. You just heard. Oh, what's that? Be, that sounds like footprints. It'd be good. If he could have. He could have. I've got up to have a push. Yeah. <laughs> or from, do you mind? From Alan's point of view, he's sitting there calm, serenely looking at. It. But from yeah. their point of view, he's sitting there screaming in terror. <laughs> ah! Yeah. But the tiger recognizes game and turns away and walks back off into the wilderness. Mm. And and Nemo just pieces it all together yeah. by the look on Sean Connery's face because that's how good an actor Sean Connery is. Yeah. Oh. Oh, perhaps did a tiger come up and decide not to eat you? Yes, perhaps. That's, that's, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> so then the Invisible Man gooses Mina. Hey! Yeah, fucking just goosing a vampire. Yeah. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even shed a tear if he died in like a horrific accident. Yeah, I wouldn't. If he was burnt alive, mm. it would be too good for him. Yeah, but he says, "Well, I've been in the factory, and it's full of tanks, and uh, robot men, and flamethrowers, all sorts of weapons. So we have to get in and stop it. And also, he's he just got- goes, yeah, have you seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah, it's, like it's that. a bit like that. Yeah, but more steampunk. You're right. Exactly <laughs> that shot, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> so then, Quatermain, they decide to split up. Um, so Quarterman and Sawyer are going to go and confront M. He says, everybody, split up. Mm. We'll edit our individual fight scenes together in the finale. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be so incredibly boring that you won't care. <laughs> Even though there's a big CG ball man. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, you, you rescue him at the last minute. <laughs> you rescue her at the last minute. <laughs> you come up behind me at the last minute. <laughs> Uh, what I love here is when they confront M, they say, or should I say, Professor James Moriarty. Moriarty. Which just makes me think of uh, Vic and Bob. With uh, it's too wee. <laughs> or should I say, Dr. Nemesis. Mm. But he says, James, he's suddenly a cockney now, which makes no sense. Mm. He goes, James Moriarty, the so-called Napoleon of crime. Well, I would all like to write our own reviews, mate. <laughs> yeah, you, that's for, that's for other people to yeah. give you that title. You're not Dave Lee Travis. <laughs> you don't the hairy cornflake. Yeah. <laughs> Who calls you? That? Um, yeah, so he's he's. It reminds me of when I was hmm. twelve and I tried to get the nickname Wizard going. Oh. It just didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> that's a great nickname. Maybe you should start calling yourself that now. I have one friend, the comedian David Haddingham, calls me Eddie Wizard just because of that. I think you should start calling yourself Ed Wizard Byrne. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. wizard of comedy. I don't know. People might be expecting magic if I do that. No. Do you, and do you know the saddest thing about it? The reason I wanted to be called Wizard is because there was a guy in an episode of TJ Hooker and oh. his nickname was Wizard. And I went, oh, that is a cool nickname. It is a great nickname. Yeah. I'm going to be called Tom Sawyer from now on. <laughs> well, that's the thing. All through this film, I just kept singing the Rush song in my head. <laughs> I just kept thinking, why the fuck? It's just such a bizarre choice. And, uh. and I, I, I'm glad I didn't know mm. that, that he wasn't even in the book because I think it would have annoyed me all the more. Yeah. I just, I'm All the way through it, I'm just thinking, oh, oh, Alan Moore, you mad bastard. Mm. Fair enough. But no, he didn't do it. 
It's no wonder he looked at every script at this point. It was just like, no, I fucking hate it. <laughs> Take me name off it right now. <laughs> was there any he liked? Well, his name is on this. He does yeah. say based on the book by, yeah. Oh. Uh, but what also surprised me, knowing the history, that Sean Connery's an exec producer on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I was surprised by that. So did he not have the power to get the director booted? Clearly not. Clearly not. Oh, bloody hell. Um, so, yeah, bizarre choice. If you're playing M as a posh person, Phantom with a sort of European voice, then you're revealed to be Professor Moriarty and you decide, I'll play him as a cock. I'll play him as a cock. That yeah. makes no sense. But it, and that actor is Australian, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Richard Roxburgh. Yeah. Who, and he, I, I've seen him in a lot of things and I mm. do like him as a bad guy. Mm. You know, I particularly enjoyed him in Mission Impossible 2. That's right, yeah. Uh, where he's South African. So, you know, he yeah. can... He can do accent, but just like, I, I wonder, did it come from him? Was, Sean Dermot's Cockney. Yeah. And they were all like, oh, do you know what? I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> me and Sean Connery, I have no fight left in me. Fuck mm. it. Do it as a Cockney. I don't give a shit. He also played Sherlock Holmes, so he's done both. Not many actors have played Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. What was he What was he Holmes in? The BBC did Hound of the Baskervilles about 23 or 4 years ago, and he was Holmes, and Ian Hart was Watson. Oh, okay. It was quite good. Yeah, not that. Good, but it does but seem a ridiculous idea to get the bad guy from a book and not that you that the hero isn't in. Yes, that's right. There again, like, was this a copyright thing? Sherlock Holmes still in copyright at this point? I don't know. I can only. I, 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 yeah, must 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 have been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you say, if the BBC had just done it three years before. Mm, yeah. There you go. Um, so then Skinner sets explosive charges, and then Mina has a battle with Dorian where she initially gets killed and he says, I wanted to nail you one more time. Shame it was literally or something. Yeah, that's what he said. That's exactly what he said. To piss poor line. But she at that point has spotted the painting Hmm. that he's just left sitting there that he totally should have hidden. He should. She pins him to the wall and then shows it to him and you get... It's like the director said, I want the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade but done on a really bad computer. And he basically melts and becomes a skeleton. Yeah. And the portrait becomes a perfect picture of him. Yeah. And now I don't remember that being a thing. No. For Dorian Gray. That you, all you have to do is show him the picture. I thought you would just destroy the picture and then he would... No. He did have six shooters and a sword. And he windsurfed because he was cool. <laughs> I don't know about any of that. <laughs> Uh, You're thinking of Tom Sawyer. I am thinking of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, was it Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn where the intro was them on a raft just going down the river with the jaunty music? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not in this, is it? He should no, have, Huckleberry Finn's not even in fucking, it. There you go. The Phantom should have taken off his mask. Should have been Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> what a twist that would have been. Huckleberry Moriarty. Oh. Or should I say... Robin Hood. <laughs> Should I say the Green Goblin, <laughs> the Mekon? <laughs> uh, uh, so, so Dorian Gray's dead. Uh, Nemo and Hyde, rescue- and not a moment too oh, soon. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, hated him. Uh, Nemo and Hyde rescue. Oh, well, I wish it had been some disease or something rather than that. Uh, Nemo and Hyde rescue the scientists and their families, and then this this henchman Dante. Is trying to fight Hyde, and then he just sees a formula in a flask, and mm-hmm. and downs it immediately. Doesn't just down it, downs it, and then pours it into his eyes and over oh, his yeah, face, yeah, like yeah. he's trying to cool himself down. Like it's like, 
a, a very odd thing to do with it with a, with an untested untried formula you have no idea what it is it could it could be like piss i just i don't get the point getting it in your eyes no like have you ever taken medicine and just thought i'll just i'll just get some in my eyes just <laughs> just for good measure or you know the other way around you never put eye drops to the back of your throat <laughs> be a bit weird but he turns into a giant pair of balls Really angry balls. <laughs> I am Ballsack, man. <laughs> and starts having a fight with Nemo and Hyde. Nemo at one point gets thrown about 40 feet across the room into a brick wall and then just goes, oh, we'll have to change tactics. It's like, you'll be dead. Yeah. Be like, Nemo dead. is ri- ridiculously indestructible yeah. in this film. There's just, it, his whole character, It's it's ba- he's the Captain Marvel of, of this film in yeah. that... He's just too powerful for it to make any sense yeah. of him even being a member of the team. You just think, this guy could just do it all on his own. Yeah. Although it would have been much funnier if when he was fighting, just the girl started playing at the, like at the end of Captain Marvel, but for no reason, just out of context. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so Sawyer and uh, Quartermain go after M, and then Sawyer is taken hostage. And I, and I was thinking, I was watching this, and I was thinking, why is the Invisible Man, is he, tur- is he turncoated? And then it turns out there's two Invisible Men. And one of them's a baddie. So I was like, who the fuck's the other one? So I had to look it up. And it's the guy who comes to recruit him at the beginning in Kenya. Oh, that guy? Yeah. All oh, right. I had no well, that's idea. That's not obvious at all, is no. it? No. I, like, I was thinking, who the fuck's this other invisible man? But it's him. So, uh. yeah. Makes no sense. <laughs> that actor must have been really fucked up oh, as well. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually, I, I come back in the end of the film, but you don't know it's me. No. Absolutely livid. Uh, so, oh, so he's he's about to get killed, Sawyer, by the invisible other invisible man, and Quartermain shoots him, but gets stabbed by Moriarty for his troubles. And then we get a repeat of the beginning where Moriarty runs off, and Sawyer aims the rifle. The 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 the, the, the student is now the master. Yes. Yeah. And he takes out Moriarty, and all the elements of all the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that he'd stolen all slip down into the water and sink beyond trace. Possibility for a sequel. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely going to be one. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if if they can make another Avatar film, what, f- 10, 15 years after the first one? You know, who knows? Maybe the time has come for the League, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 2. The Avatar thing bothers me because I didn't go and see it because it looked shit and I didn't like mm-hmm. the first one. But everyone I know who went to see it, I said to them, so what was it like? And they, everyone to a man went, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, great. It's now one of the biggest movies of all time and everybody's gone, yeah, it was all right. And mm. it came on Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago. Literally no one talked about it. Yeah. yeah. How, how it, is this mediocrity allowed to happen? But the fact that when Avatar came out, it was the biggest film, the biggest box office film of all time. And, and Endgame, they had to like re-release it, mm. as, you know, in IMAX and stuff like that, just to, just to get it over the line. Mm. To, to overtake Avatar and for Avatar to have been that big a film its cultural footprint is tiny like yeah. nobody more people would talk about Firefly yeah. than would talk about Avatar <laughs> I think it was just because it was the first big 3D thing yeah I when don't know. 3D came back <coughs> ah fuck it um, so Quartermain says to Tom Sawyer may this century may this new century be yours, son, as the old one was mine. Yeah, 
And then Tom Sawyer didn't go, did you wish he said that to your own son? Is that... Is that something you would have liked to have said to him, but he didn't because he died in your arms? Oh, man, I'm being so fucking insensitive again. <laughs> and then a door, a door just shuts and Sean Connery's mysteriously not there anymore. <laughs> the Fu Manchu's next to him and goes, oh, man, you shouldn't have said that. Where have you been? Oh, I've been here all the time. Uh, yeah, but I, what I did enjoy is that Sean Connery dies at the end. Not, I don't mean it like that. His character dies, but mm. as, as it zooms out, he's clearly sat down quite comfortably <laughs> so he hasn't even had to lie on the floor or anything uh, yeah. Sean could we get you to lay down fuck off fuck off <laughs> um, so he's buried beside his son in Kenya and mm-hmm. they, they then go oh uh, yeah he, he was right he was wrong you know because he said he couldn't die in Kenya and now he's dead so there you go so Tom Sawyer puts his rifle back on his grave and they all walk off I mean they could have buried the rifle with yeah. them would have been a the more, I don't know, safer thing to do? Responsible thing to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then a witch doctor's like, oh, and everything goes a bit mental, and then it ends. I think we're supposed yeah. to think that he's going to come back to life. I think that's the assumption, yes. They yeah. thought, let's, let's, ha- let's leave it open now hmm. rather than have it happen in, in two like we did with Highlander and everyone feels a bit cheated that yeah. he just, just comes back to life in Highlander 2. Let's at least telegraph that now in case we make a sequel yeah and they never did but there's been, no there's been talk of a reboot and i imagine it'll probably turn up one day as like a piss week tv show but yeah well it did it 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 seemed like it could have been good mm. and it it just seemed like an almost there all the way along but it just didn't it felt like the whole thing was made by committee yes and then also your the star doesn't want to fucking be there and that doesn't help either no no and it's so obvious as well as you say there's whole scenes where you just think he's not actually there is he because i think mm. towards the end he didn't do any of his pickups or anything so they had to get stand-ins to be sean connery for back of headshots and things yeah uh, but at the premiere the director didn't show up and he, they asked connery uh where's the director this evening and he said check the local asylum <laughs> but yet he has he has straight out said it you know because yeah. he just after that he just didn't give a fuck he was yeah. like no didn't like him hmm. and uh and uh that's why there's a there was a i remember there was a, a, a photograph that was in empire magazine i'm sure people could find it online hmm. of just of sean connery just looking at him he's obviously being directed by him hmm. and the look of total contempt on his face is oh. just palpable yeah oh <clears throat> Poor Stephen Norrington. <laughs> there we go. The man we've just been referring to as the director all through <laughs> this. Poor Alan Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was Sean's last film. Well, technically, the last thing he did was an animation called Billy the Vet. Ah, oh, well, he went out on a high then. Yeah. He also did that Russia from Russia with Love video game. I don't know if you saw that at the time where it was a young-looking Sean Connery from, from Russia With Love, but he'd voiced it, so he, he sounded like he was really fucking hungover all the way through it. <laughs> the name's Paul, James Paul. Um, but there you go, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say now. No, well, there's nothing else to say, is there? Didn't enjoy it. What would you give it out of ten? Oh, I'm, I'm going to give it four. Yeah. Solid four. Well, Ed, thank you. Because I think if to, I think to give it one would make people want to watch it. 
It's true. You know, it's like you it's say, just... I've watched so many bad films in my time, which I've returned to because they've got little elements of fun, but this is just a yeah. bit of a dirge. Yeah, and then some films you remember as being bad, but then they're just slightly better. Hmm. And Like, I remember on my stag weekend, hmm. uh, I brought along Action Jackson. Ah. Oh. To sort of, you know, oh. th- we're all going to sit around, we're going to take the piss out of it. But when we started watching it, <laughs> it was actually, I think it was my little brother who just pointed out, okay, we're, we're just watching a film now. <laughs> <laughs> I go, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's turn this off. This is a bit too good to a- take the piss Jackson out of. Jackson is, it has the scene where he jumps over a cab that's trying to run him over. It's one of the greatest moments of cinema. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Oh, you chose poorly there. But on that bombshell... Ed Byrne, thank you so much for joining me in 1899. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's if they do make a sequel, let's meet up again and do that. Yeah, let's, let's let's do that. But in the meantime, thank you very much, Ed. And if you want to go and see Ed, he'll be in Edinburgh, or until then, Soho uh, Theatre. Um, so thank you very much, Ed. Cheers, John. Goodbye. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.